Ernest, what's up? Look, I want to put you on to something that's been making waves in the personal finance world. If you've been relying on Mint to manage your finances, I got some news that might startle you at first. Mint is no more. But hold on, because every cloud has its silver lining. And in this case, that lining is Monarch Money. For those of us searching for a robust, user-friendly alternative, Monarch Money is stepping up to the plate. And from personal experience, it's hitting a home run. Let's get personal for a moment. Managing finances can be a maze of confusion, stress, and time consumption. Believe me, I've been there, jumping from one finance app to another, hoping to find that one platform that simplifies everything. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design transformed my approach to managing finances. What truly sets Monarch apart for me, though, is its collaboration feature. With money being a top Discord trigger for many couples, the ability to seamlessly manage finances with my wife has been a game changer. No extra costs, just shared goals and clarity. But Monarch isn't just about managing your current finances, it's about building your future. Saving for that dream house, your wedding, or a once in a lifetime vacation becomes not just a possibility, but a reality with Monarch's intuitive tools. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal held it as the best app for savings growth. Monarch Money represents the next evolution in personal finance apps. It's an ad-free haven where your experience is the priority, constantly refined based on real user feedback. It's everything we've been asking for, intuitive, powerful, and relentlessly focused on user satisfaction. Now, for a bit more practicality, Monarch makes transitioning from Mint a breeze ensuring you can bring all your tags and categories with you. It's intuitive design, customization options, and commitment to privacy and an ad-free experience make it stand out in the sea of competitors. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. 
Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. All right, guys. Welcome back. EYL. This is a state of emergency edition. Um, You know, we're talking going back and forth for the last couple of days and we got a lot, a lot of dope fire episodes mm-hmm. in the vault that teach people a variety of different tactics, how to get their bread right, how to, how to you know, become entrepreneurs and, and navigate the field. That's what EYL is here for. But we're also a business podcast on a broader scale. We've touched on almost every single topic. So, you know, having a conversation with Troy a couple of days ago yeah. in the midst of everything that's going on in this world, in our country, I'm like, you know... I, I don't think we should actually, you know, yeah. put these episodes out. Maybe we should just do like a state of emergency last minute. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Addressing I, I some of the like topics. We would have been remiss if if we didn't address what's going on in our community um, and and what's going on in the world, really. Um, so when you call me, uh, we had the same thought. You just like, yo, it wouldn't sit right with me if we didn't address it. If we didn't t- take uh, some time to really dive deep into this, so that we can make everybody aware, which is what we're known for. So. I'm, I'm, we was on the same page, and, and hopefully, you know, we're going to shed the light on some things today. Yeah, yeah. So we're going we gonna to tell you, and we was kind of going back and forth because we're still a business podcast, and that's all. And I feel like everybody has their their, their lane and their way to contribute to society. Yeah. And, um, you know, our our platform is is to provide business information, which is extremely valuable. Yeah, um, But definitely. we like, how do we tie it in with the social justice? So I think we did a great job of actually tying the two in yeah. and talking about it from a business standpoint. You was adamant about it. I said, yo, let's just go no holes bar. Yeah. Let's go no holes bar. Yeah. Let's just speak our mind. Let's, let's just tell the people how we feel. And he was like, nah, we, 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 we can keep it business. I'm like, all right, man, fine. Yeah, I want I want, nah, cause I think it's important because there's always a money play behind it. And it's That's like true. not just to inform people, but to actually let people know how they can make a change yeah, and how they can actually invest and, and make some money and do it in the right way yeah. and different things of that nature. So I'm glad we did because yeah. it was like, like I said all the time, like we learn through the process. So there's things that I uncovered that I had no idea about. So now we're going to do what we do best and put it in the language to help everybody else understand it yeah for sure so this this is going to be a special special episode we're going to go over a variety of different topics and like i said it's going to inform you it's also going to educate you and um hopefully people can use this to bring about real change not just to listen to it and just be educated Mm -hmm. but to actually enforce new policy enforce change and this is hopefully can lead to some solutions so before we start i just wanted to take a moment of silence for big george floyd Eric Gardner, Amadou Diallo, Freddie Gray, Sean Bell, Orlando Castillo, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland. It's too many. It's too many. Walter unfortunately, Sterling. yeah, it's it's too many people for us to name. That's just a few of of black people that have been killed um, by the police in uh, the last you know decade or so. Um, so yeah, just wanted to take a moment of silence for that. All right, so um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. Um, you know, obviously the the times that we're in right now, 
as I said, rest in peace to George Floyd. If you saw that, there's no justification for what happened with no. that. So, you know, you, it's just, you should feel it's hurt. one of these one of the few cases where I've seen where there's not even one person trying to justify. Like every, there's always like, well, what did he do? He was resisting. There's mm-hmm. always more to this. I haven't heard one person that's actually said like this is justified. Right. I haven't heard anybody trying to justify it. It's just like trying to justify other things, but I haven't heard anybody trying to justify this. So it's like it brings up a larger issue of police brutality, and police brutality is not something that doesn't exist. Like yeah. I don't care. That's not new to us. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> right. We're not going to act like it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist, and I don't want to hear about you know there are good cops. It's, that's not the point. Of course, there's some good cops. Of course, there's some good teachers. Of course, there's some good, like that's not the point. The point is that there's a systematic problem of not only racism, but police brutality. And the reason why police brutality is an issue is because these are people that um, take an oath to serve and protect the community. So if you take an oath to serve and protect the community, it's not the same as a gang member killing another gang member. Like these people (laughs) don't take oaths. They're not paid. They don't have pensions. So it's not the same. So I don't want to hear that. We're talking about police brutality. Yeah. There's ish, there's times and places to talk about all other stuff, but right now we're talking about police brutality. I I, I spoke on uh, a couple conversations, man, and uh, shout out to KRS when he um he had the line like, "What's the difference between an overseer and an officer?" Right. So if we go back to the history of it, like we've seen that the overseer was to watch over the land, and if everyone act out of accordance, they were handled. Um, at that time, and if we look at it, right, you said serve and protect, but the of, the officer, especially in our communities, has become the overseer. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, so, all right. Earn your leisure, we talk about the money plays. And this is no different than anything else. I actually learned a lot of stuff doing research Definitely. on this. That's why I realized too that we, we have become journalists, and we take our journalistic responsibility uh, very serious. I was up to four o'clock in the morning yesterday yeah. um, researching. Um, and I got excited because I didn't even, I'm like, yo, I got excited in learning the information. Like, I hope I can relay this in, in, yeah. a, in a manner Tell that people. Tell about the layers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I'm interested to actually, you know, have this conversation. So there's an economic play. There's an economic play behind police brutality. There's a huge, huge economic play. So every year, cities across the United States of America, small and large, they spend millions of dollars in police brutality claims because mm-hmm. it's like this isn't common. This isn't new, right? Like right. it happens all the time. They know common. it's going to happen. Right. Even if it's not to this extent where somebody gets killed, mm-hmm. somebody might get a black eye, somebody might break somebody's ribs. Like a Somebody lot. might be wrongfully accused. Yeah, it's a lot of police. But that's an issue too, but yeah. specifically police brutality. Right, right, right. So police brutality cases, there's millions of police brutality cases all over the country every single year. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's settled. Um, with some compensation being paid. Yeah. And that can go from $1,000 to $100 million, like anywhere in between, right? It depends. Yep. So now what people don't fully understand, I think, is that there's billions, billions of dollars that are paid to victims of police brutality every single we year. We hear it all the time. Yeah. yeah. There was a settlement for $40 million. This person got $25 million. Nobody thinks about it. They just hear the number. Nobody thinks about anything else. Where is this coming from? Yeah. And the crazy so Chicago in 2018, 113 million dollars was paid to um police brutality. Yeah, settlements and judgments. 113 million in, in just the city of Chicago in 2018. One year. That's that's amazing. So it's like, where does this money come from? So this is this is now you start to peel back the layers. Because if it's like it's like a movie, it's like a movie, like you see. The Instagram clips, 
And it's like, okay, so now I feel like I'm actually a detective, right? Because yeah. it's like, now you got to peel back the layers. It, it, it's weird because at times, like when you hear these elements, I remember when um, uh, Amadou Diallo. Diallo got the settlement, it was like, yo, it was $40 million or something of that sort. And it was like, that felt like a victory. It felt like, all right, well, he's been compensated for the abuse that he, he suffered. And then when you look at like, wait, where did that money come from? It's like, wait, is this really a victory? Should, should we be celebrating well, that? That's the crazy thing about it. Nobody ever thought about where the money comes from. So where does the money come from? The money comes from taxpayers, right? So taxpayers. So that's another thing about police officers. Police officers are public servants, mm-hmm. right? We pay, when I say we, taxpaying people of the United States of America pay the salaries and the retirement of the police department. All of that comes from tax dollars. Yeah. So now the taxpayers are paying for these payouts. Right. That's the first that's the first part that people need to fully understand. <laughs> yeah, it's be, like even before the payout, right? They have no so to, you got to understand that part before you even get to the settlement, you've had to go through court, a court case, right? There there is no financial responsibility on the side of an officer during a police brutality case. So literally the taxpayers pay for their trial so they're paying for the lawyers they're, they're paying for the judgments and they're paying for the settlement like there is nothing that they have to do if the act is committed uh while they're uh, on the job yeah that's a fact so now so now the taxpayers pay for it so it's like all right so now now we got deal back peel back even more layers mm-hmm. so now a lot of cities and towns they have liability policies so liability it's like insurance, insurance pretty yep. much right so it's like okay any other insurance policy, you pay a premium. So, like, let's say you have a $10 million liability policy. So, your premium for that might be $250,000, mm-hmm. right? So, taxpayers are paying the premium because that's where it comes from, the budget. So, taxpayers paying 250000 and then the liability company is paying the $10 million. So, that's like, okay, if... You, if you get into a situation and you beat up a, a, a somebody, a cop, if you're a cop and you beat up somebody, they sue. Now, they win. So now the liability company is liable for that to pay that. Right. So they pay it, but ultimately the taxpayers still paid it in some sort because they actually paid the premium for the policy. Right. So, but that wouldn't that wouldn't be that bad I was, I was because about to say, it's let's, like let's go it's, it's like all right, you only paying. It's still bad because yeah. it's like you 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 are committing a crime. You are actually abusing somebody, and where even if it's a dollar or ten yeah. percent of what's being paid, it's still you're, we're still paying for a taxpayer. So that, that, but it's like all right, it's it's still less. It's not like you're paying the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But now you got to peel back even one more layer. So it's like all right, what happens is that. Most of these cities, towns, and especially as more and more police brutality cases start to be reported, they don't have enough liability because you got think about it, liability companies are a business as well. They're right. not just going trying just, to give away your money. Yeah, yeah, it's like they they cap it. So now it's like there's not a, enough liability insurance to cover a lot of this, right? <laughs> so we need more money. So now they need more money, additional money in addition to the liability. So where does that come from? So now they have to issue bonds. Mm. They have to mm. they have to have bonds, right? So it's like Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, small town in Pennsylvania. Let's talk about um, 2004. They settled a wrongful death lawsuit uh, for 7.89 million. So 500 thousand came from the insurance. Right. Seven million three hundred and nine. Seven point three nine million came from 
bonds. So the vast majority of it actually came from bonds. Right. So bonds in a sense is like, listen, we're going to pay you back this money over a given amount of time with interest. Right. So a lot of times it could be 30 years. Sometimes it could be shorter. So we just got to understand that part, too. So literally a municipality is saying, listen, we don't have the money, but we'll get it back to you. They're going to raise that money from the good people who live in that city. So it's like, listen, the people who live in these areas, and a lot of times it's over-policed areas. So when we look at the cities, it's over-policed areas. When they're over-policed, there's going to be more incidents. There's going to be more altercations with law officials. So they already know, like, all right, well, we're going to set this budget aside, and if we don't have enough, we're going to get more from the taxpayers. Yeah. And so what happens, what's going on now is that cities across the United States of America are going into massive debt because of what they're calling it, police brutality bonds. That's what they're pretty much. They're, yeah, they're police, literally, if you Google it, that's what it says. Police brutality bonds. So that's the crazy thing about the financial industry. They issue bonds for anything. There was bonds for uh, mortgage-backed security for your home. Yeah. There's bonds for any anything. If you really get creative, you can issue a bond. So now they actually have police brutality bonds, right? So between 2008 and 2017, we did some research. L.A., mm-hmm. $74 million dollars. Um, and was paid in police brutality bonds. Yep. Um, the insurance, the the interest on that was eighteen million. Yep. To the to the um the holders of the bond, and taxpayers, it cost them eighty nine million. Right. So let me just I just want people to understand that. So, all right, L A didn't have enough to pay police brutality cases. Right. So those are the judgments and settlements. Right. So, over and above what they already have in their budget, or over and above. The liability and insurance. That, that's the scary part too. Like we already are saying, listen, we have a budget for it. Let's keep going. Yeah. So now they have to go to the financial markets and and issue bonds worth seventy one million dollars. Right. So they, they take out bonds for seventy one million dollars to pay this. Because if you know what a bond is, it's like it's your somebody's loaning you money. Mm-hmm. For for them loaning you money, you're paying it back over a course of time, but it's with interest. So now the people that loaned them the money, people that loaned them $71 million, they got paid an interest of $18 million. We're so going to they, talk about who they are, too, in a sec. They, so they made money. They made 18... The, the people that issued the bonds made $18 million on the bonds. Mm-hmm. The taxpayers ended up paying for the whole thing because you have to pay for the bond right. and and the um, interest. Right. So the taxpayers ended up paying $89 million. Right. So you got the, settle, the, the the bond money, which is the 71 if we're talking about LA, and then you talk about the interest paid, so you combine those two, and that's what the bill is for the taxpayer. Yep. Milwaukee, during that same time, $26 million in bonds, uh, $3.7 million in interest. The taxpayers paid $29 million. Chicago, Chicago. Chicago. I don't know what's going on in Chicago. <laughs> well, Chicago had a lot of, a lot of high-profile cases. Um, one that comes to mind, and we're going to talk about a, a duration of time. So from like 2010 to 2018, we're talking almost a billion dollars paid. They had the Laquan McDonald case where the uh, young black kid was shot 16 times. Um, and I th- believe the officer's name was Van Dyke or something like that. Got sentenced to six years. There was a settlement in that case. So you got a, a couple of cases in Chicago that happened from 2010 to 2017. They had 709 million in bonds, 709 million the interest paid on those on those bonds was one billion dollars, with a B. So the taxpayers get the bill for one point seven. The, the cra- the, there's a crazy part. I, there was this quote. I was like, "Yo, that is it." They, uh, I was reading. It was like it, they, they said this is like the equivalent of paying your rent with a credit card. Like, 
it's a temporary solution, but the root of the problem is you don't have enough money to pay your bills. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Think about that. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, because if you look at it, like Milwaukee paid $3 million, $3 million interest on $26 million bond. L.A. paid $18 million on a $71 million bond. They're, they're small. The interest is smaller mm -hmm. than the amount of money that they borrow. Chicago actually paid more interest than what they... So not only are they issuing bonds, they're issuing high, high interest, interest, like yep. credit card, like 35% or something like that. It must be crazy that they yeah. paid $1 billion of interest and they, they only borrowed $709 million. Yeah. And the taxpayers pay for all of that. Taxpayers pay for $1.7 billion. So... This is something that's so crazy because it's like you're paying for police brutality. Right. You, you are. Yeah. And this is something, like I said, whether you are black, white, whether you are affluent, whatever, this is something that everybody should be concerned about because from an economic standpoint, why do you want to pay for road cops? Why do you want to pay for that? You're, you're paying for misconduct. You're not only paying for it, but you're paying for the interest as well. Yeah. So, all right. So now that's, that's the third layer, but... Here's where it gets really spicy. It's like, all right. So we talking about they. bonds and they. <laughs> they. So who's they, right? Let's get to they. So it turns out that large banks, investment firms, um, Wall Street investment firms, <laughs> small regional banks, all play a part in issuing these bonds. Some well-known companies that have played a part, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America. Bank of Montreal. Um, so they issue police brutality bonds mm -hmm. to towns, cities, municipalities. Um, the cities pay them over the course of time mm -hmm. to loan them money so they can pay victims. And they actually are making money. So these companies are making money off of police brutality. Right. Because they're getting paid interest on the bonds. And there's a lot of fees that go into doing these bonds, right? So like we said, there's underwriter fees that the banks are going to collect the money on that every time they issue them. So they're gonna every time that there's a case that is a settlement, there's underwriting fees. The bank gets paid. So not only do you have the first layer that pe that's making money is insurance companies mm -hmm. for the liability claims because insurance companies always make money. There's no way around it. Like that's how insurance companies operate, right? So now you're paying insurance premiums. So insurance there's insurance policies in place for police brutality. They make money. Mm -hmm. But even bigger than that, now you have financial institutions that are making money off police brutality bonds, off the interest. Right. So, okay. Now we have to look at, now it makes more sense why nothing has changed in the last 50 years. If, if anything, it's gotten worse, right? Because there's no incentive for it to stop. Not only do the police do not pay themselves. They have no financial responsibility for it at all. So that's Zero. one thing. Like That's crazy. Um, the insurance company is actually making money on it. And now banks and financial institutions are making money on it. So if there's if there's if nobody's losing money as far as the cops and people are making millions and billions of dollars, right. why would there ever be a real incentive to stop to change right. police brutality? And then all that, right? If this was chess, right? If we said that those are all the players, we gotta figure out where are we at on that chessboard. Just Pawns getting moved around. That's the reality yeah, it of is. it. And most people don't realize it. So it's like, all right, okay, okay. So, and there's different ways how cities use it. Like some cities use bonds as like part of their budget. Some cities use it as an emergency option. Some yeah. cities use it after the liability insurance cuts in, but they're still getting used, right? Yeah. So it's like whole economic strategy. This is when we talk about po politics and this is something that people need to be aware of. So it's like, we're not just going to 
give you the problem. Hopefully, people, somebody's listening. A b- bunch of people are listening. Yeah, and, our community's listening. So, and you never know what somebody can do with the information, right? So now it's like how I see it. We talking about we in a political season, right? And you asking these politicians, you demanding these politicians for for these things, right? But you a lot of times you asking them and you demanding them for wrong things. You ask them to put body cameras on on these people. It doesn't matter. But that's so that's crazy. I'm glad you said body cameras because in my notes I was thinking like body cameras that comes out of the budget too, right? So like when you say you want these things, they have to get the money to pay for it. So there needs to be a budget that needs to come. So you're paying for those body cameras if you want them. You know what I'm saying? So like we got to think in sense like all right, everything that you're asking for, you're gonna pay for. You're gonna pay for. So the real, in my opinion, if you want to take a political route, I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to politics. If you want to take a political route, right, real legislation that can really make a difference is first hitting police officers where it hurts. So cutting, t- getting cuts from the pension funds, right? The, the, the police unions across America is probably the strongest, if not one of the strongest yeah, unions CBA. in every city of America. They, they, they hardly can ever lose it. They can go to jail and still keep their pension. Um they, they hardly ever get fired. Even if they do an egregious act, they like get put on like punishment or death duty yeah. a lot but of times. But even time. when they get fired, so that, that there's a fine line there, right? And that's where the law comes in. It's like they can get fired for the offense, but the offense happened while they were on duty. You see what I'm saying? So like you're still paying for it because it happened while they were part of the force. They could have been fired after it, but they still were doing that crime while they were on it. So technically, your taxpayer is going to pay for it. Yeah. So actionable items. My opinion, I'm sure you have some I ideas. Some. Cutting pension funds, right? Every for every um for every hundred million that uh, has to be paid out, ten percent of the of the pension fund gets depleted. Yeah. That's that's an incentive for cops not to be because you gotta realize this. A lot of times, this is the reality of it. Racism is real, right? So you're not gonna be able real to change. You're not gonna be able to change somebody's mind. If somebody looks at you as less than a human being. Somebody looks at you. You can't change that by doing training, and none of that's gonna work. But what people respect more than anything else is money. Mm-hmm. So if they realize that, look, this this is gonna affect my money, you're gonna think twice about doing something. So let's say it's 100 for every hundred million dollars, ten percent of the total pension for everybody. Cause it gotta be across the board. Everybody's gotta feel the pain. Gets deducted. Now the good cops is going to be even more vigilant, mm-hmm. and the bad cops is even going to think about it. Cause it's like I'm not just going to do nothing yeah. crazy. Because now I'm gonna get affected. Pay. Yeah. I think the second way we can we can go about this is having them have individual responsibility, rather than having the taxpayer pay for it. Let it come out of like you said. Let's affect the money. Let it come out of their own individual pension plans. Let it come out of their own individual salaries if there is misconduct. Right. If you saw that happening, you would be less likely to commit any type of egregious offense if you know it was going to cost you. Right. Because you got to feed your family, too. It's just like the NFL or any other thing. You get fined. Exactly. Right. You get fined. You do something in the NFL. You do an illegal hit. You get a fifty thousand dollar paycheck cut cut in your paycheck. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like you said, cops, if you get found guilty, if you because if you have to pay, they're settling it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if for every settlement that you have to pay for. We're going to take $20,000 out of your salary. We're going to cut your salary by 25% for the year. Yeah. Or, so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now so it's like... No so, overtime pay, so, all types of things. So now it's like, okay, you you have a financial incentive put in place not to do these things, right? Yeah. Another thing that they can do is that they can 
deducted from the overall police budget. Right. Which will lower lower the police budget, which that that hurts them, right? Um, another thing that they can do that I just thought about is I don't understand why cops don't have E and O insurance. Like, there's millions of cops all across the country from every present from doctors, financial advisors. Doctors pay so much money in malpractice insurance, so much money. Like a doctor might pay thirty thousand dollars a year in malpractice insurance. He might not ever do no anything problem. wrong, right. but that's the cost of being a doctor because. When a doctor does do something wrong, it's all pulled together. Just like a financial advisor has E&O insurance, which stands for errors and omission insurance. So the financial advisor might not do anything wrong his whole entire career. But if something happens and, you know, a, a, a complaint is filed, then they have E&O insurance, which every financial advisor has to carry E&O insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So now, like any other type of insurance, you got millions of people putting it towards the pot. It comes out of that. So why can't cops have E&O insurance? Yeah. $200 out of every single cop's paycheck has to go to E&O, malpractice, whatever you want to call it, insurance. So now you've taken $200 a paycheck out of millions of cops' paychecks. That alone could probably pay for at least at half least. of these police brutality cases. Probably more than that. It's going to come out of your... Like, right. You, it, it, uh, just because what you said is, is so important, that it'll be more than that, right? Because we're not talking about every city in America. We're talking about over overpopulated cities with uh, police presence, right? So if there's a large police presence in that city, then these things are more likely to happen. And where those things happen? In the cities that they're predominantly people that look like myself and Shadi, straight up. Yeah, and when you're talking about voting, once again, when you're talking about voting... That's important. You have to... It's not good enough just to vote. It's not good enough just to... You have to en enact real policy change. Like, these yeah. are real policy before, changes. Before they can even vote, right? Like, I know everybody, this is a year that the census uh, has come out. You have to fill that out, y'all. Like, you've got to fill that out. Fill out the census. Let them know who you are. So then you can actually vote and actually get elected officials in the positions who have your best interest in mind, man. I've seen people with this. It's like, ah, I got my census, whatever. What is that? I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, another thing is that it, it could it could be legislation put in place where no financial institution oh. can benefit. <laughs> and if they are going to issue bonds, it has to be 0% interest. That way, it's really no incentive to for make, them to issue. You're not issue, making money. You're not, you're not going to issue a bond if it's 0% interest. So it's going to be extremely harder because now it's just easy. Like, all right, we get in, we get in trouble. We go to Wells Fargo. They're going to cut us a check. We're going to pay it back. It's not coming from us. Yeah. It's coming from taxpayers anyway. So who cares? Wells Fargo doesn't care because they're making money. The police department doesn't care because it's coming from the taxpayers. The only one that's, that's brought in this bill is taxpayers. So not only are taxpayers paying the salary of cops, they're paying for the mistakes of cops as well. Yeah, on a, on a daily basis. And like that's the part that people really got to understand. Like If you're paying taxes, yeah, it's cool. Like all right, we're, we're paying for schools, but yeah, you're also paying for misconduct. Straight up. That's a fact, man. So, you know, um, it's, 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 a, it's a crazy system. We can go on and on about this, but like I said, and it's like for those that are saying like, all right, we can't vote. I'm not saying, I'm not, we shouldn't vote. I'm not telling anybody what to do politically. We're not, we're not a political show. I'm just saying as far as, instead of just giving you problems, these are some real life yeah. solutions that you can. Now, how you go about it is up to you. Like I said, we we provide the information. Applications and, and, on you. You know, if, if you're a young leader or if you're an old leader, and if you 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 sp spark something, whether it's through community mobilization, whether it's through boycotts of these of these institutions that that issue these bonds, whether it's through political action, that can be debated for a different day, a different show. But you know, the first thing is to be aware 
of what's going on. So yeah. we went over that like all last week. We just kept saying that over and over. Everybody's like, knowledge is power. The more you know, the more you know. Yo, the real issue is that knowledge is power when it's applied. So now that you have the knowledge, we've provided some knowledge for you. Hopefully we peel back some layers that you were unaware of. Now it's up to you. Now what, what do you do with this? What do you do with it? You got, where do you apply it? That's a fact. So in the next segment, we're going to go, we're going to switch topics, but stay in the same lane. And we're going to talk about investing. Mm. We're going to talk about making money, but from a different twist. All right. So now we're going to go into investing. That's what, that's what we, you know, people always tune into. Uh, shout out How? to Ian. Market Mondays, number one stock show a whole on YouTube. Vibe. A whole vibe. Shout out to Wall Street Trapper, bro. Shout out to everybody that we had on the show to talk about investing. Shout out to Quentin. Martin, the first um, stock market show that we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was over a year ago. So we talk about investing a lot, right? But it's just like now we're in a, we're in a time of, of being socially conscious. We're in a time of actually, you know, and it does everybody's not socially conscious, but I'm just saying as far as a lot of people are starting to become socially conscious. So yeah. a lot of people grapple because we do we did a show last week, shout out to my song about, you know, the prison system. Yep. And it's like, all right, you know what I mean? Like I don't feel comfortable investing in in companies that's invested in prison or it's like now it's police brutality yeah. and you find out there's a whole financial play behind that. I think I think the episode opened the doors because like a lot of people didn't even realize that. And shout out to my son because I see him on the field uh, and, and he was in Kentucky uh, with the Breonna Taylor case um, and now he's in uh, Minnesota with, with the George, uh, George Floyd case too. So shout out to my son who's doing incredible work. Shout out to my son for sure. So, all right. One thing that we have not talked about so far on the podcast is socially responsible investing. SRI. Yes, socially responsible investing. So this is an interesting conversation because it's actually a really big thing. Um, yeah. And it's been around for a very long period of time. But so there are investors, right, that have social hangups about different things, whether it be about the environment, mm-hmm. whether it be about tobacco, mm-hmm. whether it be about gambling, whether it be about war, um, war is war, another one. Weapons of mass destruction, yep. prison, mm-hmm. um, companies that um, benefit off of prison, health, healthcare, right? anybody investing in tobacco, um, alcohol, women, um, a bunch of different things yeah. that people. So it's like a lot of times it's like you know some people, and I, I'm not taking a side either way. Some people's like you know I'm gonna invest and just get my bread, get my money, and it is what it is. And then some people was like you know I I kind of wanna still invest, make money. I believe in that, yeah. but I still have some moral issues. Your moral compass is going on. That I don't necessarily want to invest in certain companies. So, that's fair. Yeah, no, I'm, that's like fair. I said, I didn't, I, I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. So, um, so f- for that, there are actually funds. There's actually funds. Now, like I said, the financial, when you start to learn about more about it's everything, it's, something, it's like ice cream. There's a different flavor for every single person. Yeah. So there's actually funds, ETFs and mutual funds in place to um, for uh, socially conscious investors yeah i had to peel back the layers on this because i was like what you texted to me i'm like i never heard of it all right let's do some research <laughs> yeah for sure so um you know there there's there's a few like i said so those are the different topics like environment gambling tobacco alcohol prison social justice um and religion that's a whole different conversation we're going to talk about that but so just to kind of give you a few there's um esgu mm-hmm. esgu is an etf a socially conscious etf um, that does not uh, invest in any company that has anything to do with weapons, tobacco, um, jails, even though 
they actually did have a private prison in their <laughs> ETF, and then they found out, and it was a mistake, and they kicked it off. So it's like even that. It's like you know, you find out, you, you try to get the kosher hot dog. Yeah, the morality police. Like it was made in a, in a pig slaughtering house. It's like it's so crazy. But um, so yeah, but yeah, that's an ETF, and that ETF has actually done pretty well. Um, you know, considering because a lot of the, a lot of times it's, it's the performance of these things aren't as high as other ones. Mm-hmm. But um, that one has done pretty well. Um. It's 52-week high is uh, $75, and its 52-week low was $40 a month ago. So in March, it was $40. Right now, it's $68. So it's up, it's, it's up pretty nicely in, mm-hmm. in, um, in a two-month two time frame. Another one is SSGA, which is a woman diversity ETF. They like invest in companies that hire a majority women or have women CEOs. It's, like, it's focused around women. Yeah. Um, here's another one called CRBN. Which is a low carbon, uh, environmental friendly uh, ETF. Right. So there's there's a variety. Like you can just Google socially conscious funds, yeah. and like kind of just play around with it in different filters, and you can see like you know what kind of fund you're looking for. Yeah. What, you know what the situation. It's interesting, man. It's interesting because I'm thinking to myself like how many investors right are not willing to compromise their values to make money. And when you, when I think of investors, I'm like you know what I think the more the moral thing is like they just want to make money. Yeah. They don't put everything else. Well, to the I think side. I think you know people and. Myself included, you know, I'm not preaching from the choir. Yeah, we we can conveniently get blind, right? Conveniently get blind because it's like you know what I'm saying. Like you might see something, and it's like ah, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's like like if if you were anti-war, right? And it was like, hey, Boeing's at ninety-seven dollars, right? But I don't want to invest in any company that has deals with any making machines or any type of thing that could help in the the development of of, of weapons of mass destruction or helping war. There goes that morale. It's like, wait, well, this is a good buy, right? This this is a good buy at ninety seven dollars. Is it worth it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I I think most people are thinking, let's just make money. Oh, they just don't really think about it. Not really thinking about it from that standpoint. It's like, yeah, you know, Boeing has government contracts. Are you thinking that maybe that government plane is sending a drone and killing an innocent child in Syria? You're not really looking too far into it. You could. It's available. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to turn the blind to eye. just turn the blind. Yeah, turn the blind. This eye. is what happens in a variety of different things. Yeah, you don't you don't want to see certain things. Like you you you're walking down the alley, you see what's going on, and you you, you turn your you turn around, and you walk the other way. A lot of times. Most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. I mean, for your own safety, a lot of times. And, and like I said, I'm not here to shame. We're not here to shame anybody. Nah. Um, but, uh, but I'm just saying, I'm just, we just want to provide some information for some people right. that may want to take a higher level of, um, morality right. in that, in that standpoint and may want to take a higher level of weeding out their investments. Just give them, just give them options. That's the thing we're going to leave. We just had to just yeah. provide information. Like a lot said, of times people don't fully understand that and they don't, they don't, they don't even know that, that that's exists. Exactly. So it, it's like there are a lot of people in this, I guess, the quote unquote woke stage, right? So it's like, yo, if you're woke, let it be in all assets of your life, right? Not just in your individual things that you're doing on day to day, but even in your investing. And this is one of those things, like like you said, prior to this, I wasn't thinking about it. I had no idea. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's so, but then that brings us to another conversation. We talked to Shots again. Shout out to my son. Last week's episode was about the prison system. We didn't fully go into the finances of, of publicly traded companies, mm. but so there's prison stocks, like private prison um, companies that are traded on 
the stock exchange. Mm -hmm. So a few of them are CoreCivic, which is CXW, and Geo Group, which is G-E-O. That's, yeah. their, that's their symbol. The crazy thing about CoreCivic, and this is crazy that you said that. We didn't even speak about this, but uh, Daryl Freeman, shout out to Daryl Freeman. If you don't know Daryl Freeman, go Google him. I don't going to tell you his, his background, but uh, a, very, a very successful man in the world of uh, technology. Uh, he called me. He said, "Yo, I love that episode. Uh, the actual, the CEO of Core Civic is my next door neighbor." Oh yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Yo, it's a big business, and I'm glad y'all talked about." He loved it. my song episode. Yep, loved it. Sent me the message, and, and I was like, "Wow, that's incredible." He was like, "Yo, it's a big business. It's a city. Literally, you got to think of these prisons, these private prisons, as cities. They need everything that a city needs. And when you look at it like that, it's like, damn, he's right. Yeah. And his next door neighbor is the guy who is in charge of that." Oh, there you have it. So, yeah, those are two private prison companies. Now, the crazy thing about the, those stocks, so it's been even on that episode, we, my son had said that um, private prison stocks skyrocketed after Trump got elected. That is true. Both of those companies, I think, went up over 100% in a year following Trump's election. But they've actually been down for the last, like, three years, four years. Like, their, their five-year chart is not really impressive, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. I mean, right. you know, but... um. Just want to throw that out there. We have to tell both sides of the story. So as an investment, they, they haven't really, they're not booming. They're not booming right now. Which is good, which is good, which means that there's less people going to prison. Well, I don't know if there's less people going to prison, but for whatever reason, their stock is just not doing well. It could be a variety of different reasons why their stock isn't doing mm -hmm. well, but the stock has not really performed. Uh, but what a lot of people don't fully understand is that a lot of people are invested in, especially Core Civic, up until last year at the very least. A lot of people are invested in Core Civic without even knowing it, because through your four hundred one k, through your IRA, through your pension plan. So Vanguard and BlackRock were the two biggest holders. I think they still are of private prisons um, stocks. BlackRock, Vanguard, two of the biggest mutual fund companies. Yes. Everybody loves Vanguard because they have you no. Know, this is what I'm saying. It's a lot of you talk about. It's a lot of right and wrong in, <laughs> yeah. in life, right? People love Vanguard because it's like it's a no load fund and it's pretty much free to invest and it's it's cheap. And they're the biggest holder of prison stocks, by the way. Mm -hmm. They also have a lot of 401k accounts. BlackRock has a lot of 401k accounts, right? So, Core Civic, CXW was in a lot of these. Probably still are in a lot of these 401k makeups because when you invest in a 401k, nobody knows what they're investing in the 401k. You have probably three like 401k is like a menu and they give you like 20 different options of how to invest, right? Like 20 different funds. Mm -hmm. Now, within one fund, there's like a hundred different stocks inside of a fund. So if you have like three different funds, you have like 300 different stocks inside of your 401k that you're invested in. Yeah, you could do a research on all of them. Now, I guarantee you, nobody <laughs> knows any of those companies. Nobody knows any of those companies, right? Because you never ask. It's not like just listed as soon as when you find huh? They just tell you the name of the company. So it'll be like Vanguard 2020 Fund or Vanguard High Interest Bond Fund or Vanguard um, Small Cap Value Fund, right? Yeah. That's the name of the fund. But inside of the Small Cap Value Fund is about 140 different stocks yeah that's when you get that big pamphlet that comes to your house like that probably nobody ever goes through yeah and there's a bunch of these stocks and you're like all right well did i make money or not yeah, pretty much pretty much <laughs> you know what i'm saying nobody's individually looking into 140 different stocks and then actually researching those stocks to see if they align with their values and moralities it's, it's just not happening 
No, it's not. But you can't say that you didn't know yeah. now, at least, because we told you. Yeah. So, you know, if if you're interested in it, you can do some further research. But yeah. so I just the, wanted to talk about the prison thing because we did speak about that last week. Yeah, and there's some other things to know about um, these uh, SRIs. They tend to have a higher fee than, than regular funds. And so I was like, well, it doesn't make sense. Why? Well, the mutual fund has... The, the, the person who's providing the fund actually has to do more research. So there's more work that the person has to do, right? If they're going to do things that match your core values and your moralities, it's like they have to find ethnical things that will work for you. So there's a little bit more research. So the fees tend to be a little bit higher. And um, there's a there's a site that you can go if you're into social fun, uh, social responsible investing. Socialfunds.com is the website. So you can go research on yourself. So that that's one thing that you should do. Obviously, do the research and then know your values. A lot of people don't know their own values. So like when they're trying to invest, it's like, well, I believe in this. Know your own values before you're going to go into this type of fund. All right. So do the research. Um, I just gave you the website. And another thing is a lot of times, and we've said this What's in the, the website again, socialfunds.com. So you can go there on your own leisure and, and, and do some research there. But one of the things that it, it brought to my mind is like, we talk about diversifying when we're investing, right? But like this type of fund doesn't, it kind of doesn't allow you to do that, right? Because if you're aligning everything with your, values isn't everything kind of going to be the same if you no, no you can invest in a variety of different companies that don't that still align with your values mm -hmm. like you know what i'm saying it could be different industries like it could, it's just it's just harder like you said because it's like you really got to go through every single fine comb because it's like all right you're, you're investing in a tech company but is this tech company providing software for weapons of mass destruction Right. So now it's just so much more intensive research that you have to do, which is the fund manager's job. But you can still invest in a variety. Like you can invest in tech. You can invest in, um, you know, farming. You can invest in financial institutions. Like you can invest in different companies. It's just that those different companies have to be in line with what you feel comfortable yeah. with. I would imagine that the, the these funds are managed by very, very small companies. This is, it feels like a niche thing that like very small companies do. No, actually, Vanguard has. Well, uh, right, right, right. You're right. You're right. Vanguard. Okay. That's a big one. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but so going to what you just said as far as the, the niche. So there's different layers of socially responsive funds. Well, like I said, earn your leisure. We just had to provide as much information as we possibly can to every, because there's so many different types of people in this world. So you got the socially conscious people mm -hmm. that don't want to invest in those things. But um, religion is a huge thing in this world. And now you have religious people who can't or do not want to invest in certain things because of their religion. So now you have funds for that. It's fun for everything. So you have Christian funds um, like Guidestone is a Christian fund. And that's dedicated to invest in companies that have core Christian values. Kind of a vague situation. But, yeah. you know, that's what that's designed for. Okay. You can do, okay. your, do some research and kind of figure out. <laughs> okay. You have Ave, Ave Maria, um, which is a Catholic fund. There's a few Catholic funds. So Ave Maria is um, Rising Dividend Fund. That's a that's a one of their their popular funds, and that's a Catholic fund. So you know Catholics they're um, really big on like you know, abortion and uh, a couple other things. That's like real sticklers for the Catholic Church. So they only invest in companies that align with Catholic values. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so just coming off the month of Ramadan, we have a large listenership all over the world, and that includes America, which is their huge 
Muslim population. There's a huge Muslim population in Africa, huge Muslim population in Europe, of course, the Middle East. So we have to say assalamu alaikum to all of the Muslims that, yes, that, yes, uh, yes. that tune in. And uh, one thing about Islam is that it, that's actually, you know, part of, of the religion is um, Sharia law. Sharia law. So people have a misunderstanding a lot of times of what Sharia law is. We don't, we're not going to go into a full, but part of it is investing. Like there's actually guidelines. So it's not really up for like vague interpretation. Like if you really are a hardliner in the religion, there's financial guidelines of how you can invest. So like interest is outlawed in Muslim countries. Okay. So shout out to Inez, our good friend. She's yeah, from yeah. Egypt. And I was over her house yesterday and she was telling me that there's no there's no mortgages in Egypt. There's no mortgages in Egypt. You just buy the land. So um interest interest is is outlawed. You're not allowed to charge anybody interest. That's one thing, right? Okay. Of course, if you're familiar with the religion, you know that, you know, alcohol is outlawed. Um a variety of different factors, gambling. Okay. There's no gambling. Gambling is outlawed. So, with in Islam, you have halal and haram. Hal, haram is forbidden. Halal is allowable. That's like deemed okay. So now you have. I got that. I actually looked that up. That was crazy. It's on, oh, yeah? on the Jay Electronica album. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So now you have you have halal funds. Uh, one of the most popular funds is called the Amana Fund. So the Amana Fund is a mutual fund based around Sharia law, which is halal and allows Muslims that if you want to, if you want to follow those guidelines, um, that you can actually invest And the Hamana fund only invest in halal companies, meaning companies that don't partake in gambling companies that don't partake in interest, um, interest bearing accounts, companies that don't partake in alcohol, a variety of other things as well. So, that's something that is a big play as well because, like I said, I mean, no matter what religion you follow, if you're Jewish, they have kosher funds as well. Right. It's the same thing. Kosher and halal kind of the same thing as far as, like, the meaning of it where, like, Jewish people have, like, if you're a strict hardline Jew, you are only really supposed to indulge in kosher. But kosher is more than just food. Right. I think that's, that's a crazy misconception that people only think it's a food thing. It's the same thing with halal. Like, yeah. you see the halal guys or the halal truck. So, <laughs> yeah. most people, when they, when they think about halal, especially, like, if you live in New York City or, like, a major, like, you, you, you're pretty pop, it's pretty popular. Halal food. And that is a certain way where the food, the animals like, are, you know, slaughtered and you say a prayer and there's certain things. It's the same thing with kosher, but that's only part of it. So, like, with the kosher, that's only part of it. Like, you know, as far as, like, the invest, same kind of idea um, and like I said, that's, that's true with a variety of different religions where it's like, you know, depending on what religion you subscribe to, that might, um, you know, have a play in how you choose to invest. Yeah. So those are all things to think about as well. I know they're listening like, yo, damn, Shadi sound like a, a history professor. This dude literally studies religion, like no joke. And anybody that knows has ever had a conversation with him. They know, like, he loves talking about religion. Um, shout out to Val, who always brings it up. Shout out to Val. She always talks about how you've taught us so much about the world. But, yeah, yeah I know this is one of your sweet points, You know, man. history has been my favorite subject since I was a little kid. Definitely. I took a history of religion class when I was in college, and I never studied, never got one book and got an A+. Because I just already knew so much about religion. and all, all religions, I'm just fascinated by, you know, I think it's interesting to learn about Christianity, Islam, Judaism, yeah. um, Buddhism, 
um, Sikh. I have friends that are all different religions. And, um, you know, for me personally, I don't think that there's any one religion that is reign supreme. It's whatever, you know, you feel comfortable with. I'm not here to judge, but uh, I just, you know, I always found religion interesting because I realized how how touchy it is. Mm -hmm. And it's like people will die over their religion. People will kill you over their religion. And it's like, you can't play around. That's why we don't really talk about religion too much. Yeah, some people don't want to be separated from. You can't play around with religion. So yeah. it's like, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to me. It's fascinating. So I try to learn as much about religion as I possibly can. Because I feel like a lot of times, most of the time, we just, we follow whatever religion we're born into. Right. And that's not really a belief system. That's more superstition. When you when you believe in something that you don't fully understand, it's superstition. You've been you've been bred to believe that. Stevie Wonder said that. Um, so now when you have a full understanding of things, not only does it open your perspective and make you more open to the world, but at least even if the thing that you do fully believe in, you can actually believe in it. Right. As opposed to just doing it because everybody in your family yeah. does it and you're, you feel like you're going to be cursed yeah. if you if you, you don't do it. You you've been you've done the research on your own. You've allowed yourself to critically think. You've allowed yourself to analyze. And like that's the goal in life, right? Allow yourself and allow others to freely think and freely choose. You know what I'm saying? Like I I think that is as an educator, like that's the number one thing I'm looking for. Can I allow these students to critically think for themselves? And we should have that same mindset when it comes to our family and our children. That's a fact. So the last thing with the stocks, this is pretty disturbing, um, and it's all a financial place. So now people might want to invest in black-owned companies. It's like yeah. buy black. Who are they? Invest in black. But from an investment standpoint, it's like, what if I want to invest money in the stock market, but I, I want to invest in black-owned companies? A lot or, of people want to do that, right? right? Buy, we, we we buy black. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to we buy black. Those those are my people. Good good people. Yeah. Um. So, all right. It's like a black-owned fund. I couldn't find any. I could, uh, like a black ETF or a black mutual fund that only has black companies. I couldn't find any. No. Yeah, no, and maybe there are some. I, I couldn't find any either, but maybe there are some. Well, I think the reason why there are none that I could find is that out of 4,000 stocks on the, on the New York Stock Exchange, 12 oh, yeah. are black companies. 12. That is so disturbing that that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> You're talking about economic, and that's what, that's what people don't fully understand. It's like black people are so far behind. It's just, it's almost, it's amazing. It's like, it's like running a marathon and you like 23 miles in and you just started the race and somebody else is 23 miles in. So it's like, yeah. we're on a treadmill. That's not even, there's, there's a marathon going on. We're on a treadmill. That's not even 1%. Yeah. That's less than 1%. Of 12. 12 out of 4,000 companies are publicly traded. Yeah. So you took we talking about economic empowerment, and it's like a lot of times it's on a broader, on a small scale. When you start looking at it from a large scale, as far as like companies and billions of dollars and things of that nature, and like publicly traded companies, there's twelve out of four thousand. Yeah. Like diversity. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And during the research, I, I actually, you know, I was proud to find out that I'm actually invested in one. Because, well, not invested, but. I do business with one at least. And I was, I'm was i looking at the other ones. I'm like, I don't even know these. I don't even know these. So you want to run down a few? Yeah, I got four that I people might know. Um, Citizens. Yeah, Bank, that, with their, 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 their um, symbol is CZBS. Yeah, that's who I actually have my mortgage through. So um, not that I'm invested in it, but we do business together. Yeah, they, Citizens is a black-owned bank. Yeah. 4-1, like the number 4-1. Um, and that is... Formerly used to be Urban One, which is a radio. No, 
It's Urban One. Four One is Urban One, and it used to be Radio One. Okay. It's a radio syndicate. No doubt. Um, RLJ, which is a lodging lodging company owned by Robert Johnson, former owner of BET, former owner of the Bobcats. Yep. Um, first billionaire. First, right? first black billionaire. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and then Carver Bank, another black-owned oh, bank. There's yeah. a few black-owned banks. Yeah. Carver Bank, which is um, encouraging that yeah. they have, we have black-owned yeah. banks that are uh, being publicly traded. That's important. Yeah. Um, you you want to list a few others? Well, I, those are, we have oh, the same ones. Right. Yeah. So, but so yeah. So, but the the so not only is it discouraging as there's only twelve, even more so discouraging than that is like you look at these charts, looked at all their charts, none of them have good charts, none of them, none of them. You look at Ian's technical analysis would be biased as far as if you want to make money, mm-hmm. they've all. Then they haven't. They don't. They're not doing well as far as on the stock. The stock has not done well for five years. Are you looking at the five year chart? And it's not good. Yeah, and it's going to be tough to find there. A lot of these companies have a ten year chart or a twenty. Or even sometimes it goes back to the history thirty year chart. A lot of these companies that doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. It's just um, that's something just to like as far as working forward to yeah. something. But that's, I mean, a lot of that has to do with a lot of systematic things that were put in place so that it couldn't exist. We don't want to ignore that fact, right? So having our own private-owned company or even having a black-owned bank, systematically in America for years, that wasn't even a possibility. So there are reasons why we don't have a long history of it. Uh, so let's not ignore that fact. But like I said, when we go back to the history of some of these companies that we look at, we do look at the 10-year chart. We do look at 20-year or the history of the company's chart. And that's just not available right now for, for these companies. Yeah, so you know that's some information if you're interested in socially responsive funds, religious funds, black-owned companies. Um, you know, just a different different take on investing because we talk about investing a lot. So yeah. we just want to just give people a different a different take on it. Um, and you can kind of do whatever you want with the information, but you know, hopefully that 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 shines some light, good and bad, good and bad, because everything's not going to be a good story. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's just the news is just that we have to just report what it is. And it, it's not always encourage. It's not always encouraging, but sometimes you need stuff that's not encouraging to encourage you. Yeah. So hopefully some of the information, especially with the black owned um, publicly traded company, hopefully somebody listening to this to, make, be it the a, next to one. make it a goal and have yeah. it and have their company be the stock that everybody wants to invest in, not just a token company that's on the stock exchange that nobody's invested in that is just going nowhere. Well, not only my goal is to have a publicly traded company, my goal is to be bigger than Amazon, bigger than Apple, bigger than Google. Yeah, we need that type of aspiration in our community. Why we not? need it. Why, Why not? not? Somebody got to do it. Yeah, we make these. We make a lot of those companies what they are. That's like a we fact. can make our own. That's a fact. All right. So in the next segment, we're gonna bring it home with um, some marketing. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up um, with some 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 conversation about marketing around social um, injustice, social issues, things of that nature. So, yeah. you want you want to take the lead on that? Yeah, man. I mean, we've we've seen companies in the past, especially Nike, uh, when they stood by Colin Kaepernick and had his whole campaign during the social injustice and him taking a knee, and we saw the the, the backlash from that um, from pretty much half of the country uh, didn't agree with it, and then this day and age with uh, the George Floyd case, uh, we've seen that these companies are taking a stance again. Not only is Nike doing the, for the first time, don't do it campaign, which is, talks about don't turn a blind eye to, to racism, don't turn a blind eye to uh, police brutality. 
And uh, it's something that I've been expressing all week, really. Like, if you don't stand by me, if you care about me, if you care about Shadi, and you don't feel angered and outraged by what's happening, then do you really love us? You know what I'm saying? So not to say that Nike does, but the fact that they've even spoke up. I know LeBron James has done a tremendous job about speaking up about these issues and continues to. And there's a lot of other athletes that do as well. Uh, but now we see that Adidas has decided to, that they want to jump in the campaign and show unity by, I think they tweeted what Nike had put up, which was, which was dope. I thought it was dope to see those two companies come together. But then Reebok, which I thought was probably one of the better uh, messages that I've seen in their, their campaign was without the black community, Reebok wouldn't exist. Without the black community, the world wouldn't, America wouldn't exist. And I was like, the world wouldn't exist. The world, would, yeah, the world wouldn't exist, but they, they put a, America wouldn't exist, that's but we know that the world wouldn't exist. So the country that we live in obviously was built on the back of our ancestors. Um, so to hear, you know, these companies say that and more companies need to say that, right? It's not just because like, oh, wait, they were looting Target. Now Target should make a statement. No, this is happening in Minnesota, the headquarters of your company. You should have a statement, right? You should be saying something. You should be standing with these people because an injustice to me should be an injustice to you, right? Uh, injustice to some is an injustice to all. And I feel like if you you have a responsibility to say something, it's a thin line because it's like some people say like, all right, you don't want to exploit a situation, right? Right. Um, but also you have to address it. You have to address it. Yeah, so, silence almost like I, I keep seeing this, and we've been saying that for a long time. Silence in most cases equals complicity, right? So if you're not saying anything, then it means you're complicit, right? That you must not feel a way or you agree with what is happening. So anybody in this, especially in this past week or so, um, and for, for years, because we, like I said, this, is, this has been going on, like we were born into this. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been born into this. We done seen police brutality from 1991 with Rodney King up until this week. And it's like, this isn't new to us. So for people to continuously ignore it, continuously have no stance on it, or continuously try to victimize the victims, that happens a lot. Like we victimize the victims of these tragedies. It's 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 crazy to me. Um, so it's it's good to see that some companies are stepping up. I think more do. I think every company needs to step up and say something, and the companies that don't step up and say something, um, take note. Take note. Take note. The entertainers and the athletes and things. And I want to talk about this too because it's like a lot of times people don't understand. It's like when I put um, this on Instagram, it's like having money does not equate to having freedom. And we, we learned There's that a big we, difference. You know, we, we, we made a lot of relationships with NFL players and we was hanging out with an NFL player last summer and he was telling us around the time with Colin Kaepernick, like most NFL players are not wealthy. They're like, you know, a hundred, five hundred thousand, maybe seven hundred thousand. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not that is that's not real money. Mm -hmm. And it's like they can't afford to lose their job. So he was like his owner, the owner of that team that he was playing on, came out. And said she didn't want anybody um, taking a knee. Mm -hmm. They don't agree with that. Better not. Yeah, pretty much saying like <laughs> straight up. Yeah, it's a fact. It's, you know, you Jerry Jones said you that. Shouldn't do it. Yeah, he did say that. And um, <laughs> and what did Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott do? They stood up. Fell in. They and, fell in line. <laughs> yep. And um, so one of his teammates actually decided to take a knee, and not only was he released from the team the next day, his father who was a bus driver or some kind in a of totally different state civic job in a different state was fired. Um, so this is the kind of pressure that a lot of these entertainers and athletes. So it's like when you looking at an entertainer, first of all, I have an issue with 
entertainers and athletes being looked at as leaders. Oh my! And I, anybody knows me know <laughs> I, I love entertainers and athletes, but it's like if you de if you devote your life to entertaining us, or if you devote your life to being an athlete. I, I wasn't really mad what Michael Jordan said about like my my main focus in my life was being a basketball player. That's not really an issue for me. The issue is that we expect him to be a political leader. Right. There are political leaders. There are doctors. There are scientists. There are financial people. So it's like yeah. I'm not saying that we shouldn't celebrate our athletes and entertainers. The problem comes in when they are celebrated 1,000 times more than our engineers, right. our doctors, our lawyers, our financial leaders, our politicians, because now you marginalize those people who really do have something to exactly. say. Exactly, and that was, what, and that's what Mike said too, to his credit. Uh, not that I agree or disagree with it, but he was like, I didn't speak on it because I don't have enough knowledge. I don't, yeah, that's not what I, I do. Don't, that's, I play ball. That's what I'm like, saying. Like that, like, you I'm know not what I'm saying? make myself look crazy. I'm not a politician. I'm not a... A, a doctor, a scientist. I'm I'm a basketball player. Yeah, we're not asking, yo, Aaron Judge. What do you think? Like, we, we no, that's not what you're here to play baseball. Yeah, play baseball. Yeah, you can have an opinion if you like to speak up. Great. I'm not counting on you to speak up. And bro. That, that only happens in our community. Malcolm X said that over 50 years ago. Only in the black community, when issues come up, do athletes and entertainers yeah. take the front line. I heard and, it, and it's nothing wrong with that because some of our greatest athletes, going LeBron James, kudos to him. Right. Muhammad Ali, kudos. Sammy Davis Jr. had a lot to say. Um, Jackie a, Robinson. Jackie right. Robinson. There's, there's a long list. It's, it's a bunch of people that have taken political stances, whether it's through a variety of different actions. Mm -hmm. um, and we salute that. I, I'm not trying to downplay entertainers or athletes. What I'm saying is that Stop putting so much emphasis. Stop over celebrating these people and over having over expectations for these. Like you're expecting people who are not qualified nine times out of 10 to speak on your behalf just because they're famous. Right. So it's like if we had political figures, if we had business figures, if we celebrated other people who are more qualified, mm -hmm. who dedicated their life to learning about issues that can speak intelligently. If we celebrated them and elevated them, and yeah. we do sometimes, like I said, Earn Your Legion is a perfect example of that, you know, we, we definitely appreciate all of the support that we have gotten. But I'm just saying, just to keep it in perspective during these times, is that not only do you should, should you pay attention to who's saying what, but stop putting all of your expectations on people that are here to entertain. That's their job, to entertain us. Right. So as an entertainer, you are here to nine times out of 10 entertain. You can't expect that person and you shouldn't be looking to that person to be your political or economic voice. Right. Be your own economic voice, be your own political voice. We have the power to do it. We have the knowledge to do it. Right? It, it makes no sense why we shouldn't do it, why we, we're not doing it. Right? We need to celebrate, like you said, celebrate the people who actually are doing the work. Like Tamika Marley, I thought well, I saw her on CNN. I was like, yo, that's powerful. Like we, I love her voice. She's speaking for a community. She's speaking for a generation of, of people. Like we said, what my son's doing, what Steven Jackson was doing in, in Minneapolis, I thought was incredible. He actually had a relationship. I, I came to find out with, uh, with George Floyd. These people are... They're not. You're not looking for them. They're 
showing themselves and, to us. And throughout history, and like I said, because like poets have always been celebrated. Like we listen to rap every single day. Yeah. But there was never a point in time where Shakespeare was more powerful and more valued than Caesar. Right? Like, there's, there, that's not how civilizations work. Right. That's not how civilizations work. We don't, there's levels, right? There, There's levels of appreciation. There's levels for people that should be elevated. And like I said, there's always been entertainers, athletes. There's always been poets, musicians, artists. There will always be. But the problem, and this is when civilizations start to fall, when, when Rome built the Colosseum, that's to keep people distracted, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, entertain it. So now you're entertaining these people and they lose track of what is really important. Right, the gladiator becomes the, the, the figure. Right, so and that's done intentionally to keep you off what's really going on. And this is done throughout civilizations, throughout history. Yeah. So just pay attention to that Keep that in mind and understand the level of appreciation that you have for these entertainers. You should have that same level of appreciation for other people because as Derek Falcon said, the entrepreneurs, the creatives are our future. This is why this is why Earn Your Leash is so important. Yeah. The political figures, the entrepreneurs, the creatives, those are our future because as he said, I don't care how fast you can jump, how far you, you're going to retire. Yeah. A, a, a athlete's career is four to five years, if that. If they're lucky. A good rapper might have a three-year run, if that. I don't care how many words you can put together, eventually you're not going to be hot no more. Mm -hmm. So what's more important than somebody getting in a booth and, and being able to put together words that can rhyme is somebody that can actually pay that person yeah, for that. Economic empowerment, economic freedom. Like, that's it. Like, we have to get to that point where, like, yo, that needs to be celebrated. That needs to be elevated. And celebrate our educators, too. Like, they're the ones that are, are passing. The, for sure. Right? Where they're passing the message on. They're passing the knowledge on. That can be a, later applied. So celebrate them the same way that we do a lot of these celebrities. Sure. So, now this was, this was this was a dope episode. It's a therapy for me. You know, it's like yeah. everybody else, you know, we're going through a lot right now. And it was just good just to get out here and, and get some information to the public. Hopefully, um, you guys were able to take some 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 information from yeah. this. And, That's the beauty of and, this, man. And, and utilize it. Yeah. Utilize it. That's so. the beauty of it. Like we didn't have to say like, yo, we need to, yo, we're gonna go do this. Like, all right, let's do it today. We're not waiting. Like I know, you know, people were like, hey, what's your? This is our stance. Like we recorded it. It's for y'all now to to apply some of the information and make some changes that y'all want to see. For sure. So Troy. Housekeeping items? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we usually, you know, uh, shout out uh, what we're doing. But more importantly, since this is like a state of uh, the emergency, state of the union for our community, uh, we wanted to highlight some other people. And I, I think it would be more appropriate for us to acknowledge um, some other funds that that are happening right now in um, America that could help our community. So you, you, you want to start with the, the first one? You can start. All right. So um, first and foremost, um, I did the research and decided, you know, the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Um, I think everybody should be aware of what that is. A lot of is going on in Minneapolis right now. Uh, and what that fund does is it, it bails out people who've been arrested for political protests. Um, so they're, they're small bails, but a lot of people are being arrested because they're, a lot of them are peacefully protesting. I, wanted, I don't want y'all to get confused and think that 
our people are rioting. Now, a lot of our people are peacefully protesting. The media has portrayed it in a certain light. Yes, there are people who are doing other things, but for the people who are peacefully protesting, the Minnesota uh, Freedom Fund bails those people out. And I think it would be appropriate for us to uh, acknowledge the, the George Floyd Fund, his family fund. It's a GoFundMe fund. If you could donate to that, uh, it goes directly to the family. I know they're over $5 million already right now. Um, we can't forget that that is somebody's husband, that is somebody's father, that is somebody's son. Um, and, you know, his last words, uh, and this hit me yesterday when we were doing the research, his last words were, you know, I can't breathe and calling for his mom. Um, I didn't even know that his mom had passed away two years ago. Um, so that hit me so hard knowing that in his last moments he's crying to to reach his mom who had passed away literally to the day. I think the anniversary of her death was was um, this week. Um, so, you know, donate to that. Um, we will be doing that, and we encourage you to do the same. Yeah, stay safe out there. Stay encouraged. Stay healthy. And once again, rest in peace to all of the people that have fall victim of police brutality throughout the last 300 years. 400. 400 years in the United States of America and all over the world. Thank you, God, for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details.